Officer down! I repeat, Officer down! Welcome back to 1033. This is your host, Nathan Kapler. Last week, my podcast launched, and I have to say I was completely overwhelmed by the amount of support that came rushing in right after it launched last Monday. So to everyone that wrote in expressing love and gratitude, I really, truly appreciate the messages. I never expected it to be this big already. So thank you to you. As we continue to talk about mental health, post-traumatic stress, and the impacts that a first responder role has had on my mental health over the 14 years that I had as a Mountie, I want to just take a quick moment to thank every single one of you for who were promoting this last week. The level of success and the amount of people we've reached just in a week since launch has been profound, and I couldn't have done this without you. So to you, I just want to take a quick moment and say I am very grateful to each and every single listener that wrote in and helped promote and did whatever it was that you did. Thank you. If you didn't have a chance last week to catch out the podcast, it was a brief intro, it was a quick hello, and I quickly talked about the meaning of 1033, what it means. So if you didn't actually catch last week, I'll talk about this real quick because I think most of you have probably already listened to it. But the meaning behind 1033 is basically a 10 code that we used in the event that an officer went down on the job in the line of duty. Could have been from a shooting, it could have been from anything. It was a really serious 10 code. When that got used, everything changed. You dropped what you were doing, and you knew one of your brothers or your sisters was hurt, and you didn't know how bad, and it didn't matter. You needed to go and help, however you could. When I went down with mental health issues, post-traumatic stress, it was no different than a 1033 situation happening to me. The only difference with me was that it happened outside of work, not necessarily while I was actively in the line of duty, but nonetheless, as equally important as an event that would happen to a first responder while actively engaged in his or her duties as we serve the community. Since launching this podcast, I've heard many, many stories of first responders who are suffering in silence, at home, away from work, in need of help, and have been off for a while, trying to find themselves, trying to process the trauma that they've seen or been exposed to as a result of their work. And while this may be a very somber topic to bring up on a Monday morning as we head into the week, I want you to know that the focus is not the doom and the gloom behind the topic. It's about giving it the love and the attention that this topic truly finally deserves. You see, mental health doesn't just impact first responders or police officers. It's not just limited to them or us. It's something that's impacting all of us right now as we navigate through this little COVID journey. We might not be a fan of the orders to stay home and practice social isolation. And there's an impact even to us, all of us right now, while we try to honor some of that. I'm not going to dive into COVID because it's a hot topic. And to be honest with you, my opinions really do not matter on it. But what I can say about COVID is that the impact to our mental health over these last two years has been significant. I don't believe it has been truly understood yet, the depth of the impact. We all are going through some sort of challenge right now in life. 
as we begin to look at ourselves and what those challenges may be for ourselves internally, we begin to realize that we're all really not that different in our struggles. We all have struggles in life. We all manage them or try to manage them. Sometimes they get a little bit bigger than us. Sometimes they cause some issues. But in the reality is when we actually start to open up and have awareness into what our struggles look like, we start to begin to gain some type of freedom, some type of level of understanding and how to properly approach those struggles that we have, that we have to face. Now this episode, I'm dedicating to the power of story. The power of story is something that is truly important in each and every single one of our lives. Unfortunately, the way we live our lives right now with modern day society, a lot of us have gotten away from recognizing the benefit to the power of story, the power of our own story. And I'm going to take us back a little bit into history briefly because I'm not a history buff whatsoever. But in the past, when humans first were around, we used to gather around campfires together at the end of the day and we used to listen to the older people who had these stories that would help kind of guide us in our lives. They would give us the gifts of wisdom. They would tell us their story and their experiences. And that would ground a community together and in some aspects offer hope and a glimpse into how to properly navigate your own experiences in your own life, identify some of the struggles that you may have, and continue to lead the best version of your life possible. This episode is going to be dedicated to the topic of the power of story. Now, as humans, we're fascinated with the power of story. We're constantly consuming the power of story through self-help books, through entertainment, through watching others lead and live their lives. We're constantly looking at others, assessing what are they doing? How are they doing it? What's the story behind it? How does it resonate with us? We're constantly in a search for the power of story, but yet you may not realize it, and that's entirely okay. I wasn't either in my own journey, let me tell you. When we can look at the power of story, this topic, and recognize the the healthy things that come from the power of story is that we can gain wisdom, perspective, shared, lived experience, and also one of the most important things that I have found when we truly engage and connect with the power of story is an aspect of healing I didn't quite come to expect. In my journey of being a police officer over 14 years, I had lost my way. I had developed post-traumatic stress, which I was diagnosed in 2014. And within PTSD comes a whole slew of symptoms. But some of the more commonly understood issues that make up PTSD are depression, anxiety, and in my case, eventually, an addiction issue. Now, many of us don't truly understand addiction, and that's entirely okay. We're not going to talk about that in this episode. That's going to be an episode all onto its own, trust me. Addiction is probably one of the most misunderstood things that humans can go through. And to be honest with you, a lot of us face this issue. It's just how How deep does your addiction go? But nonetheless, we're not here for that. We're going to talk about the power of story. So back I go to this train of thought. So my journey and where I'm going with all of this comes from rehab. I actually went to rehab in 2019 after realizing that I was facing some struggles that were actually had become bigger than me in my addiction. My health had deteriorated to a point where I no longer could come out of addiction on my own. And I recognize that. That's called rock bottom. I had hit my rock bottom. And I had hit it with such intensity that I could not get back up from that place. Looking back, I carry absolutely no shame 
over what had happened because I truly understood why this happened. But in that moment, I also recognized that not being able to do this on my own was going to require me to be completely vulnerable, check my pride as a police officer, and ask for help. After embracing vulnerability and asking for help, some truly magical things started to happen. I started to see people show up and say, we're going to get you the help that you need. I reached out to my employer, to the Mounties, and I had a lot of fear about doing this, but I've sent them an email off to health services and I said, hey, things aren't good over here. I need help. I think I need to go to rehab. And I was met with nothing but love and compassion because they understood the impacts of the job create this. They create addiction. Post-traumatic stress leads you to addiction eventually if you do not deal with it properly. And I wasn't dealing with it properly. In August of 2019, I checked myself into rehab on the island, and it was one of the longest days to get there. I had to drive to the ferry, jump on the ferry, get across, get picked up by someone from rehab, and get transported over to rehab. That day was a long drive, let me tell you. But I also knew I needed to be there, and I knew I needed to confront what was happening in my life. So I stayed the course, and I believed that what I was doing was the right thing. So off I went to rehab. When I first walked into rehab, I had no idea what to expect, but I definitely wasn't in a state to share my story. I was in full protection mode. The less I told them, the better it was for me. That's how I felt. And that's also what Mounties feel like as well on first responders. We are taught not to open up and not to be vulnerable and not to express any type of emotions. It's also a man issue as well. Many men out there do not express their emotions. So it's not just limited to the Mounties or first responders. But as a whole, we tend to hold a lot of our pain inside and we do not know how to let it out. I was in rehab for about six weeks and they start you out slow. You first start to write out your story on a piece of paper. They want you to go back to the first moment you remember, right after being born, and talk about it all. I spent six weeks writing out my story. A lot of good memories came up, a lot of bad memories came up, but nonetheless, it was my story and I got it all down on paper. Now, in the process of doing that, I started to see an overall theme of kind of when I was good, when I wasn't good, when I was good, and when I wasn't good. And it was actually kind of truly amazing to see the overall bird's eye view picture of my life as I wrote down detail by detail what had happened to me in my life and in the Mounties and how these and things all led to this point of boom, addiction. Nate's in rehab. It helped me gain my clarity to finally see the problems that I was facing, the problems that I was running from, the emotional, the physical, and the spiritual pain that had come from years of policing. At the same time in rehab, once a week, on Saturdays, a guest speaker would come in and share his story. We all would sit down and listen to the story, amazed at how someone could be so open and vulnerable and talk about the pain of it all, but yet offer hope at the same time that things do get better. I didn't realize it at the time, but the small seeds of watching someone tell their story were being planted within me. And despite not being able or wanting to tell my story in that moment in rehab, something beautiful was being nurtured and watered. My counselor at 1.2 during my stay at rehab also hit a heart-to-heart with me. He said, Nate, you're closed off. I get it. The only way out of this is if you tell your story and you learn to tell it with authenticity to anyone in the world. And only then 
can you truly heal from everything that you've been through? I took that message in, not realizing the full impact that it had on me in the moment or the gratitude that I would have later on in life when I was finally able to share my story. But that moment, that moment was a turning point for me. It was a door that had been closed for so many years and I finally was able to open it just a crack. You see, the power of story is when you're ready to tell your story, you actually give yourself the freedom from the past, the past experiences, the past pain, your past struggles, and you begin to see so much more positive things that have happened to you in your life and not be carried down by the weight of it all. While I wasn't ready in rehab to to tell my story openly to others, like I said earlier, that seed had been planted. And even then, I didn't recognize the full impact of of what I needed to do. The seed was there. I also want to be crystal clear, too, in the fact that for many of us that have struggles, and I would argue that most of us do, eventually at one point in this journey, we will have to recognize that we are going to have to open up and go for help and tell our story so that we can heal from the pain that we hold within. This process takes an incredible amount of time to get to a point where you feel comfortable about really being authentic and vulnerable and sharing your story. So if you're not there right now where you can say, oh boy, I know I need to share my story, but I'm not ready, that's entirely okay. I went to rehab in 2019. It is now January 2022, and I am finally telling my story. It has taken me almost three years to get to a point, to nurture that seed, to water it every single day, to relapse at some points to only be able to find my way back to sobriety and to be able to get to a point finally when I was ready to tell my story. The process of this is not quick. It is not designed to be quick. But when we get ready to tell our story and when we finally hit that point when it is the time, healing happens in a way that I never expected. And I share this story in hopes that it will help someone out there. Oftentimes we struggle, we struggle hard, and we struggle in silence alone. And that needs to change. Now, many of you will get on here and you'll, you will recognize the courage it takes to get on here and be vulnerable and to express that emotion. I don't know if you could pick up on it earlier, but for most of this podcast, I, I literally cried thinking back to how much pain I held within from the job in the past. But as I gain my own strength in this journey and the healing continues to happen, I want to be able to share this story, to share my story, because there is such power in our own story. It is the exact thing that makes us who we are. And when we can tell it, we can really connect with who we are. And when we are connected with ourselves, we allow ourselves to heal and operate in such ways that we we couldn't do when we are disconnected. And many of us walk this journey in a complete state of disconnection. Now, many of you are probably wondering, wow, this is amazing. Nate's here sharing his story here for the first time. And that's actually not true. In February of 2021, I jumped on TikTok and I started to recognize that I started to need to start talking about my story. At that time, I had truly gained sobriety and stopped running from my pain. What motivated me, though, to start talking was that two police officers had just taken their lives. A beautiful young lady in Richmond, an RCMP, took her own life one night while on shift. On the same day, I believe a Winnipeg police officer took his own life as well. I had had enough. I had had enough of losing brothers and sisters. I don't know if they had PTSD or not, but... Needless to say, if you commit suicide, you do have some sort of mental health issue going on, and it most likely could be assumed to be linked to PTSD in some way. I told myself in that moment that this doesn't need to happen again, and that I was now going to take a stand 
and tell my story so that others may gain something from it and that we may save one life. My aim was literally one life. For many of you, you probably don't know, but statistically speaking, the amount of first responders that take their own lives is astounding, and it shouldn't be that way. But in order to get in front of this, this very large issue, we need to have people talking about it. And I stood up. So over this last year on TikTok, I started to see that there was a following of people out there who all struggled, who were willing to talk about their struggles, who were wanting information on post-traumatic stress. I had first responders reaching out, asking for help. I quickly realized how much of a need there is to talk about mental health in that space. And over the year, I grew. And I grew to a point where all of a sudden I knew now that I needed to take myself from the platform of TikTok and branch out into podcasting and continue to embrace the power of my own story. While I continue to share my own story, my heart couldn't feel more just in more of a perfect place than here it is right now. And I truly hope that these conversations and these stories continue to reach out and touch someone in some way that helps them at least see their own life and give them hope for whatever struggle it is that they are facing in this very moment and realize that it doesn't have to stay this way. As we continue down the path of sharing our own stories and you listening to mine, I'm staying humble and I am staying thankful for the community that we're building here over on podcasting. I'm already seeing a lot of people connect and share their story in this space. And for you, I am truly grateful. I'm beyond thankful for the people that are connected in this space, knowing the value of it, being engaged, expressing the vulnerability and being authentic and showing up and wanting to connect and get better. There are so many positive things that can come from this place when we open up and we start to share our struggles. As we continue to grow and our message continues to reach more and more people out there, never forget that the place that you are in right now does not mean that you have to stay there forever, that healing is entirely possible. I want to thank you in advance for listening to my story, maybe shedding a tear along the way, and for helping me support me in this space. I truly appreciate it. Our next episode is now going to continue to build on what we just talked about today. And it's going to talk about the my perspective on trauma and PTSD and what makes up that world. So I couldn't be more excited to continue talking to you about what has happened in my life, my story. And I couldn't be more thankful for you being here in this space with me. Much love. <music>